Good morning. Into our fifth week of Epiphany already. It's hard to believe. And if you know anything about the history, the season of Epiphany, it is largely about the revelation of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles and what it looks like for Gentiles, non-Jews, to be incorporated into the covenant family of God, which will lead to questions about law and obedience to God's law. And that is what we're going to explore uh, today in our passage from Matthew. Maybe you've seen the bumper sticker that was popular some years ago that said, Christians aren't now they're perfect. They're just forgiven. Yes. Now, there seems to be a certain humility in that pithy little statement, doesn't there? I think the message behind the bumper sticker is something along these lines. People say we Christians are judgmental hypocrites because they often see us acting in the same immoral ways as unbelievers. But what people need to realize is that Christians aren't morally perfect. Christian life isn't about being morally perfect. It's about being forgiven by God. Then there's the ever popular, I'm just a sinner saved by grace with a similar sentiment behind it. If you see me acting like a child of the devil, don't worry. (laughs) I'm not saved by my works, but by God's grace. Now, I must admit that there have been certain times in my own life when I have excused my own moral decisions by appealing to God's grace. All that, well, God has forgiven my sins past, present, and future, so it really doesn't matter all that much if I mess up or give in just this one time, does it? And if you think long and hard enough about it, you have probably done something similar. Maybe it was uh, you decided on that one extra drink that moved you into full-blown drunkenness, or maybe you decided that you would continue to slander that person at the office when you were talking to the other employees, or maybe it was that you didn't report that little bit of income to Uncle Sam because you didn't want his dirty paws getting on it. Whatever it is, we tend to have a way of rationalizing it with the bumper sticker mentality. I'm just forgiven. Now, don't get me wrong. I think there are tidbits of truth in these kind of bumper sticker statements. But I wonder if what lies behind the screen of ostensible humility is nothing more than a bit of blatant ethical laziness. Because if you and I keep finding ourselves rationalizing sin, we are not so much thankful for God's grace as we are abusers of it. I know, I know what you're thinking. Good grief, it's not even Lent yet. And he's already getting out the whips and flails and talking about sin and obedience and the law. But I assure you that I'm just preaching on what the lectionary gave me to work with this week. So, in fact, I'm just going to preach on what Jesus has to say about obedience to God's law. So, talk to Jesus. But the question that we face today is this. This is a question we face today. is How is a Christian to follow God's law? How is a follower of Jesus supposed to be a law abider? You see, there's this no new problem, this whole law-grace distinction. Jesus himself had to deal with people who were misinterpreting the gospel and running around and saying, hey, Jesus said we're forgiven, so God's law really doesn't matter all that much anymore. Let's just toss it and get rid of it. We're saved by grace. 
You see, I think this is actually where the modern uh, spiritual but not religious movement actually originated because even from the beginning, it was appealing for people to have salvation without any moral restraint. It was appealing to have a gospel that didn't require much. Now, I'd invite you to follow along because I just want to work through a little bit of this passage, the second half of our gospel passage from Matthew. You might want to take out your bulletin and follow along or if you have a Bible. Um, you may remember me saying last week that this was a two-part sermon on the good life according to Jesus. And you're probably wondering what in the world does all this have to do with the good life and the Beatitudes and all that. There's a connection, I promise, we'll get there. Um, just bear with me. Let's look through this passage just for a moment, starting in verse, um, what is verse 17. It's about halfway down in your bulletin from Matthew chapter 5. And Jesus says this, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish... But to fulfill, not to abolish, but to fulfill the law and the prophets. This is a way that Jesus is referring to the whole of the Old Testament, the words of the law and the words of the prophets. Jesus is saying the law of God and the words the prophets spoke were written for a reason. But they weren't ends in themselves. They point to a future time of fulfillment, and it is that fulfillment for which I have come. That word fulfill indicates that Jesus is the very thing to which the whole pattern of the Old Testament was pointing. Okay, that's a little bit confusing, but moving on. Verse 18. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. This is a way for Jesus to say, Never. It's not passing away. Okay. So Jesus is upholding the Torah. Jesus is upholding God's law. Well, you and I had better get busy reading through the book of Leviticus and learning the 613 different obligations that we have, shouldn't we? But wait a minute. A few chapters later in Matthew Doesn't Jesus actually undercut Levitical purity laws? Remember his disciples were eating with unwashed hands and the Pharisees that were there said, Hey, Jesus, your disciples over here are not very faithful Jews. They're over here eating food with unwashed hands. They didn't even use hand sanitizer for crying out loud. And Jesus, what does Jesus say to them? He says it is not what goes into a person from the outside, but what comes from the person's inside That defiles him. You see, Jesus is looking at a greater reality when it comes to matters of the law. Then there's those other places in the gospel where Jesus heals somebody on a Sabbath day and breaks a law to do so, or dines in the presence of sinners who are ritually unclean. Okay, Jesus, you're getting confusing on us here. You say the law isn't passing away. But then you go and effectively undercut a whole bunch of the law in your own life. So what are we supposed to do? Obey the law or not? Just answer the question, Jesus. And Jesus answers the question in his always unique Jesus sort of way. He goes on in verse 20. And if you think think you're confused right now about what's going on, just wait until you hear what Jesus says now in verse 20. He says this. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now those were startling words for the disciples 
to hear. If you know anything about the scribes and the Pharisees, these were the guys who obsessively kept the law. In fact, they created a whole category of sub-laws that helped them keep the regular laws even better. These guys get a bad rap sometimes, but they actually had intentions of being perfectly obedient to God's revealed law, his holy Torah. So how in the world is anyone ever going to enter the kingdom of heaven if they can't produce a righteousness that is even more perfect than the perfect law-abiding of the scribes and Pharisees? Are you stumped yet? You should be. Does the law have to be upheld? Can we just rest assured that we are saved by grace? Yes. It's actually not an either or, law or grace. It's a both and, but it's a nuanced both and. Here's how it works. Jesus does not want people thinking that the law has been abolished and that the only thing that matters is being nice to other people or doing nice things for God. He's actually saying this. The law of God, even the little details, every jot, is as permanent as heaven and earth. But don't throw it out. But what the law of God has always been pointing forward to, a new kind of life, a life that is holy and fully pleasing to God, is being fulfilled right before your eyes in me. And now that this fulfillment has come, the whole concept of obeying the law has a new light shining on it. And if you want to know what a life that fulfills the law, a life that exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees who follow every written letter of the law, if you want to know what that life looks like, a life truly pleasing to God, look long and hard at me. That's what Jesus is saying. Okay, at this point, some light bulbs, I think, might have been going on for the disciples. They probably thought of something, because they knew their Old Testament, they probably thought of something that the prophet Jeremiah had said hundreds of years ago. And Jeremiah said this to the people of Israel, This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they will be my people. I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Ding. Jesus is saying that this is being fulfilled in his own life and ministry. Through him, God is going to forgive sins. God is going to forgive every law ever broken and give people a clean slate and put his law in their hearts. And that's the only way God's people will be able to know how to please him, by following the law that is in their hearts, that speaks through the heart and through the conscience. And this law, of course, is made known to us, is written on our hearts when Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit, into us. Okay, so back to the original question. How is a Christian to obey God's Law, Because you know that he has saved you by nothing but his own grace and you want to walk in fellowship with God, you'll obey him by living like Jesus did. St. John says this very thing in his epistle. He says, whoever says, I abide in him, ought to walk just as he walked. 
Those are challenging words. Meaning, whoever says they know Jesus will live a life that looks a lot like Jesus' life. Forgiving enemies. Telling others about the good news of God's kingdom. Giving up self for the sake of others. Being hungry and thirsty for righteousness and justice. Being merciful. Being pure in heart. That's how a Christian obeys God's law. By living under the lordship and the direction of Jesus. Now here's a phrase to help you remember this principle, this concept. It goes like this. Only law abiders abide. Say it with me. Only law abiders abide. You see, Christians can't be scared of the word law because there's a law to follow. Jesus tells us today, God has written it in our hearts. Only law abiders abide. And St. John says that if we claim to have fellowship with him, but we actually are walking around in the darkness, we're deceiving ourselves and we're lying to each other and to God. Christian, you were not saved from obedience. You were saved to it. Here's the thing. The law of God has not been placed in our hearts to oppress us. It has been placed in our hearts to free us from the powers of sin and death. Did you hear what our collect of the day said? Set us free, O God. From the bondage of our sins and give us, we beseech thee, the liberty of that abundant life that thou hast manifested to us in thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. God placed it there, more importantly, to lead us into deeper fellowship with himself. It's there to lead us on a path of holiness so that we can enjoy continually every day the presence of a holy and good God. Are you and I sinners saved by grace? You had better believe we are. But the New Testament has a word for that new redeemed state that we find ourselves in, and it is not sinner. It is saint. God describes his redeemed children not as slaves of their sinful desires who just happen to be forgiven, but as empowered victors over every kind of destructive thought and action. Victors who are able by his Holy Spirit to walk as Jesus walked. So here's the connection to the good life, and maybe you've picked up on this. The good life as defined by Jesus. When we live under the rule and guidance of the Holy Spirit of Jesus, when we live out those beatitudes that we heard about last week, when we choose obedience to the precious law of God, when we walk as he walked, we are set free to live the good life. Amen.